The One Tough Mother Podcast. The One Tough Mother Show is real talk with special guests, including industry leaders, celebrities, and amazing women who've overcome adversities to work their way to the top and are willing to share their real life lessons. Remember, you don't have to be a mother to be one tough mother. It's all about you. And welcome to the One Tough Mother Show. Oh my gosh, nine days until Christmas. Are you ready, dude? Ho, 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 yeah. I mean, you got all your shopping done and everything you need? Pretty much. Pretty, pretty, pretty much. Did you do a lot online? Most of it, yeah. That's what I did. It was like the easiest and the best, right? Wait, Karen, I went to the mall yesterday because we thought maybe we'd sneak in and get a Santa picture. I hate the mall. The mall's the worst place in the universe. You know what? I haven't been to a mall in so long. I can't even imagine. Was it just so totally jammed? It was, it was, it was horrible. And we had to just leave. We looked at each other and said, why are we here? Let's get out of here. Oh, so you didn't get the Santa picture? No. Oh, that sucks. I'm sorry. No, I'll go out to work one night. That's when it's usually quieter. Oh, yeah, yeah. I am. Um, we went to my son's Santa party today and he dresses up as Santa and the kids get absolutely nutsoid crazy and it was fun. Yay. My oldest played cello in the uh, church orchestra today. Oh, really? Was it? Did he do really well? He did. Oh, that's awesome. And like, yeah. he kind of, it was like a happenstance that they picked him up, right? Yeah, their cellist disappeared last year, so it's been two years in a row. That is so cool. Well, I'm really happy for him. Is Melissa ready for Santa Claus? Uh, she's ready to like to take a nap. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you know what? I- I'm just happy that everything's going great and kids are doing really well and everybody's uh, getting excited. Everybody's super excited about Santa Claus, even me. Oh, yeah. Even though I dressed up like the Grinch today for my son's party, I had to do my whole Grinch thing. Nice. Well, I'm going to talk to you about something that I think is really important. And it's, it's, this is the second guy we've had in the show for like the last forever. We've never had two guys in one month, let alone two guys at all. But Kevin Roberts is an author and a speaker, spent his adult life coming to terms with his ADHD and cyber addiction. Earning a master's degree in ADHD and addiction studies, he's trained therapists, students, physicians, nurses, teachers, parents, and school administrators on the perils of overuse of the internet and video games, which we all know is huge, as well as ADHD. Kevin has developed a number of innovative programs, such as Training Your Dragons Summer Camp, which I think is just so cool, and empowering ADHD children, including intensive training for their families. The ADHD empowerment groups have been featured on television programs all over and social media, as well as media outlets. Fluent in five languages, five languages. I can't even speak one half the time. He's given lectures and workshops all around the world, has spoken recently in the United Kingdom, Canada, Holland, and Poland. It's with great pleasure that we welcome to the One Tough Mother Show, our new friend, Kevin Roberts. Welcome, Kevin. Hey, Karen. I am so thrilled to be here, and I thought I was the only guy you were going to have on this month, and uh, I'm a little upset about that, but I'll deal with it. Thank you so much for having me 
me on the show. Oh, you're so very, very welcome. And you you would absolutely have loved. Listen to last week's show, Rami. He is just amazing. But Kevin, let's get started on what exactly you're doing. Well, I do, you know, I have ADHD. So uh, I'm very focused on the ADHD end of the world. And one of the main things I do is I teach people about ADHD. I train doctors, therapists, professionals um, all around the world. And I also work with ADHD young adults, helping them succeed in school and career. And I, and also, even though I have ADHD, I've written four books. I still don't really know how. Um, and a couple of them are on what we call cyber addiction. Wow. Because a lot of people with... Thing. It's so amazing nowadays with the cyber addiction. Because everywhere you go, Kevin, as you know... You'll see people sitting on their phones and they aren't even conversing. They're not even talking. They don't even engage. Everything is social media, video games, cyber, right? Yeah. It, I mean, it's unbelievable. And I, there, there was a study that was just reported recently uh, that showed that the children's brains are actually being wired differently. And, you know, I'm involved in a study right now with Detroit Children's Hospital and we're finding the same thing. That study is going to be reported next year. Um, but we're, we're really playing with the way that the brain is configured. And I'm afraid that young people nowadays are having a, a disturbingly and increasingly a trend toward um, screen preference over people. So I'm worried that it's, it's damaging as a species uh, our interpersal skills. I, I, I'm a thousand percent in agreement with you. Let's go back a little bit, Kev. Let's go back to your past. Give us just a quick synopsis of, of your life and your past and how you became so deeply involved in training so many people. Well, I love to teach, and um, I, but I hated school. I did well at school because I had a mother who was a teacher who mentored me in how I learned differently. She didn't know what she was doing, but a lot of the techniques that my mother taught me growing up are techniques that I use with people. And so I used to teach school for four years, got really bored, and I didn't know what I was going to do. And people started calling me. They heard of about how I had made a difference in certain kids' lives, and they asked me if I could help their kids. And so that's how my whole uh, career started. And I, you know, I think a lot, a lot of it has to do with my mother um, mentoring me in alternative techniques and alternative strategies, and never judging me, never thinking I was less than, always believing me in me. And those are the same sort of skills I employ to help people. And what I've tried to do uh, in the last decade and a half is to train other people on how to use those techniques to help people who we might call different learners or atypical learners, uh, out-of-the-box thinkers, how to teach those people to succeed and to learn effectively. And now, Kevin, your mother was, was or was not trained in any of this? My mother was trained as a teacher, but my mother has ADHD as well, though she's undiagnosed, but it's very clear that that's where we get it from. And my mother is one of these people who naturally and instinctively is always looking for a solution to the problem instead of getting mired down in the depression and the pessimism about it. And I, I think that, that that's 
part of who she is as a person. And that's a gift that she gave to me that, you know, there's always a solution. There's always a way over the obstacle in your path. You may need to do things differently, but I guarantee she instilled in me that you can overcome that barrier, that obstacle. And my mother always believed in the power of the underdog. And amazing. I just love that. I love your mother and that thought process. Well, and you know, another thing, Karen, that my mother instilled in us, she didn't know what she was doing, but my mother always had us volunteering. You know, if there was an elderly lady down the street, we would be volunteered to clean up her leaves or shovel her snow. Uh, we would go to soup kitchens. We were always involved in community service. And what my mother didn't know, and now science is catching up to my mother, is that that's a great way to build self-esteem and self-efficacy. Empower young people to help others. And that's what my mother did. Oh, oh, that's just incredible. Well, you know what? Um, I am very passionate about this because my, my I have two amazingly smart and brilliant and beautiful daughter-in-laws and both of them teach my oldest daughter-in-law my oldest son's wife teaches um special needs she teaches autistic children she helps wow. train them and my um third son's wife teaches special needs children which is um wow autistic as well. So this to me is near and dear. My son, my oldest son has his doctorate in education and he is um, one of the um, superintendents for a school district. And my third son is the principal for a high school and he's got his doctorate in education. So this is very, very close to home for me. Well, can I, first of all, can you guys adopt me? <laughs> and I think your mom would like that. Well, you can adopt her too she'd be happy to do that um that well that's not what a great family uh so i can see that a lot of the issues that i regularly deal with your your family is is on the front lines and yes. how wonderful is that i have a niece i have a niece who works with autistic families who have an autistic child helping them develop uh skills uh and parenting methods to help their children i have another niece who is a clinical psychologist who specializes in and marriage and family counseling and so you know we're involved in the helping professions too so sounds like we should get together for the holidays yeah and my actually my second son is a police officer and i have a wonderful daughter who's is opt to be a stay-at-home mother to take care of her children so i'm just very very blessed as you are but i want to get into first of all i love the fact that you've developed training your dragons summer camps. How amazing is that for children with ADHD? Well, you know, the, the thing about ADHD, Karen, is that it is easy to see it only as a negative thing. And the problem is when a young person is surrounded by adults who have this mindset filled with ADHD is only a barrier, it's only a negative thing, that tends to rub off on the children. And one of the things we find is that the most enduring side effect of an ADHD diagnosis is the damage to self-esteem. In most people, up to 70, 75% of people, the brain actually catches up over the long term and the symptoms of ADHD often do improve into adulthood. However, 
the damage to self-esteem does not go away. And so one of the things that I was trying to do with the Training Your Dragon summer camps was get these kids at a young age and help them feel good about themselves at an early age, help them feel that they had power, that they had energy, that they could put those things to a purpose. So um, I'm all about, uh, with ADHD, not helping people find a job, not helping people find skills, but more so helping them find a sense of purpose. And as you know, I just came out with a book called Schindler's Gift, How One Man Harnessed ADHD to Change the World. And the thesis of that book is that Oscar Schindler, a man who failed school, quit or was fired from almost every job he ever had, succeeded monumentously during World War II. And my thesis is it's because he found his sense of purpose and had a sense of support. And without those things, he failed miserably. So that's really where I'm coming from. Let's find ways of helping young people find their sense of purpose. That's the driver that can help people succeed. That is so, so true. It's so, so interesting. Okay, let's get down to the down and dirty. Let's get down to the nuts and bolts. Give us some tips. Tell us how to help our children, our grandchildren, our, our friends, anyone with ADHD. Well, the first thing, that, I mean, there's lots of tips and they're all over the internet, but the first thing is that you have to flip your mindset and you have to see things in terms of, positives and potentials because every reaction that a parent has to a child with ADHD or with any disability, every reaction that the parent or caregiver or teacher has is going to rub off on the child and is going to create this way the child thinks about him or herself and his or her disability. So you've got to find ways of seeing the positives of seeing potential and the flip side of that is you've got to get rid of this idea of being negative, of reacting. Uh, because the, your negative reactions, your hostile reactions, your exasperation uh, will rub off on your child. So that's the first thing. But the second, the second set, set of steps revolves around helping your child or your loved one, maybe it's your spouse, find a sense of purpose. Once you find that sense of purpose, that will help drive things. It will help drive positive self-esteem. So that can be something as simple as, um, you know, volunteering at your local food bank. It can be something as simple as if your child is mechanically oriented, find things for him or her to take apart and put back together. Find ways that your child actually enjoys helping you around the house and strongly encourage those things. You know, I have a guy that I worked with. He's now 22, and he's in his last year of college, dyslexic and very ADHD. And this young man um, really struggled in school, but he had a high IQ. And one day, my lock broke on my um, house, and I couldn't lock my house. And I told this young man, he was 16 at the time, and he came over, took apart my locking mechanism, and figured out how to fix it. He used a paper clip and a solder iron that he went and got and fixed my lock. Never worked with a lock before. The reason I bring this example up is because a lot of times ADHD kids, there's often untapped gifts, untapped skills. You have to relentlessly pursue the discovery process of finding what those skills 
what those aptitudes and what those interests are, and then constantly, relentlessly encourage them. Yes, um, I, I so, agree. I think that's amazing because where we work, we we have a few children that are, well, they're actually young adults that you can t see are like kind of on the spectrum. All you have to do is ask them for help and they will jump through hoops and come up with a solution every single time. Yep. Well, I mean, that's the thing. It, it You have to help people find ways of helping people. I mean, it's, it sounds a little convoluted, but think about it. You have to find, you have to help your loved one find ways of helping others. There is no no greater self-esteem builder, no greater success strategy than finding ways for your loved one to help others, to be of use to the community. That is, that is the, the key to all of this because so many times, whether we're dealing with children who are on the spectrum or children who have a PhD, the focus is on the liability, the focus is on the disability, the focus is not, unfortunately, often on how can that person and help how can that person be of use to others and that is the the whole ball of wax as far as I'm concerned and that's why how Oscar Schindler who saved 1200 people from the Holocaust you know a lot of people are familiar with the movie Schindler's List which, which was recently re-released Oscar Schindler failed at everything in his life before and after the war yet when he found his sense of purpose when he found the unique way that he could help other human beings he succeeded beyond his wildest dreams so it is so crucial to find that sense of purpose and that sense of mission find a way to help 100% I agree by engaging and, and redirecting to something positive and and helpful I you know I think that's that is one of the biggest keys. But let's go a little bit further now, Kevin. Let's mm -hmm. go a little bit further. Okay, so you're a mother. Say you're a single mother, just, just mm -hmm. for the scenario. And you have three kids and one of them severely ADHD. How do you not get extremely frustrated when you're just trying to get through life every day? I mean, how do you control? How do you redirect? How do you get through each day when you're working and you got children and you, you know, how do you do it? What are, what are the tips for these people? Well, first of all, you, you need support. You need a support system. Don't try to do it alone. Um, you have to have a support system, whether it's a CHAD, Children and Adults with Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, C-H-A-D-D, CHAD support group, some kind of parent support group, a therapist, a social worker, a church group, a mentor. Um, you got to find ways of getting support. And that's one of the key linchpins of being able to work effectively with someone who has ADHD or a child with special needs, period. You have to reach out to the community. And I assure you, if you reach out, there are going to be people available who will help you. Um, now, you know, that you could join, simply join a Facebook parent support group. I'm part of this uh, parent support group on Facebook for ADHD parent, parents of ADHD children. And there's like 100,000 people in there and people put questions up every day. Has anyone had experience with this medication? Has anyone's child been kicked out of school? And every question, there's 60, 70, 80 comments. And I know personally of parents who through the social media platform have developed their own private network of other parents with whom they regularly keep in touch. Definitely get support. Secondly, ADHD, Karen, is a condition that derives from differences in the brain. 
So the first thing you have to do is learn a little bit about the ADHD brain and how it functions because so often when we're dealing with a child who has issues of impulsivity, forgetfulness, lacking attention to detail, it's so easy to get frustrated and think that that child is doing these things on purpose to upset us. But once we peel back the layers a little bit and realize that their behavior is driven by differences in their brain, it gives us a different perspective. So go to school on the brain. You know, the, la the two books I've had published on ADHD both have a section about the neurobiology of ADHD because I think it is crucial to understand the brain. Just like if your child has diabetes, you're not going to yell at your child when he or she uh, has low blood sugar because he or she forgot to uh, eat food around the time they took insulin or whatever. Um, you really should find a way to have that sort of mindset with your child who has ADHD or perhaps autism. Now, that being the case, don't, the, the third recommendation, don't judge yourself, don't beat up on yourself. I have a study group that met last night and there's a young man that I've been working with and he um, is a young man who gets really agitated and when he gets agitated, he says inappropriate things and he can't seem to stop himself. So last night I got really mad at him and um, I felt bad about it. And so rather than beat up on myself for getting mad at him, I went to him and I said, you know, I um, get on your case about impulsivity. And last night I had an impulsive outburst. And so I'm dealing with the same thing you're dealing with. And so in that moment, I put myself on the same level of him as him. And in my experience in the past, when I do that, it helps establish a working relationship. So don't be afraid, parents, to be human, to share your own struggles and your own shortcomings with your special needs or ADHD child, because if you can form a bond and an, a level of understanding with each other, that can also help you uh, get over the hump. But don't beat up on yourself. It's not easy dealing with somebody that's as impulsive as I certainly was and as my brother Dan was when we were children. It's not easy dealing with us. So give yourself a break. Right, right, yeah. Because, it, and, and I know, you know, the world moves so quickly and so fast. And, you know, it's it just by nature as parents, we want our kids to be good and we want our kids to listen and we want our kids to, to excel and, and it gets overwhelming sometimes. And then there's this, this horrible social media um, stigma of comparing. Oh, you know, little Bobby got five degrees in spelling. And, uh, you know, this guy got all these awards for writing and reading. And we start to compare our children with other children, not on purpose, but I think just because. Because social media has, has actually fertilized that ground. So I, you have to step back sometimes. You have to step back and look at the things that you're doing that can acerbate or, or frustrate the child, correct? Yeah, you know, absolutely. And of course, I'm very plugged in to the, the role of social media in our lives. And, and that's one of my other topics because so many people with ADHD have trouble with the internet and social media and video games, et cetera. Um, yeah, look, again, you know, I'm going to come back to... Uh, the finding a purpose because you know so often we get focused on these unrealistically positive images that we see on social media you know of these happy families of people having wonderful 
uh, experiences on their family trips or family parties. And we get obsessed with that and we hyper-focus and realize and instead of realizing that you know every family has fleas every family has trouble has problems so one of the things that i think can remedy that is find people in your community who need you find ways of reaching out in the community of being engaged in the community because so much of social media is artificial connection it's not real connection it's just this artificial distance appreciation of who people are and what their lives are. So find ways of, you know, volunteering, going out and being in the community. You know, we have a group here called the Friendship Circle, which is geared towards helping people on the autism spectrum, as well as people with cognitive disabilities. And we've got a whole slew of people who are involved in volunteering um, for that organization. And I've sent a lot of kids that I work with to that organization. And I have been amazed time and again, how powerful that is. We get them away from the screen. We get them away from this social media obsession. We show them the real lives of people and we show them how they can make an impact in the lives of others. And it is just some powerful, powerful stuff. So again, I, you know, one of my uh, big recommendations in, in uh, both of my books on this topic involves taking a tech fast, spending time each week media free. I certainly uh, strongly recommend that families take some time where they have tech free moments with each other, whether it's meals, whether it's car rides, whether they have a family movie on a Friday or Saturday night. This is crucial to developing healthy relationships and having a healthy family dynamic. I agree 1000%. And I think that some of the, the most fun or some of the best memories I have with my children is when we were in the car. We'd be singing to holiday songs or we'd be commenting. We used to go on what we call, you know, the tour of the Christmas lights or we'd go on, um, we, after a big storm, we'd go on what we call the tour of destruction to look at it, you know, what happened after the storm. Like we had some of our best times in the car. And I think that's important. You don't have to have the, the TV on in the car. You don't have to have the DVD on in the car. People do not have to have their earbuds on. The music does not have to be blaring. For gosh sakes, everybody talk. talk yeah. Well, I, I strongly suggest that families have a no earbud rule in the car because you, I, you my gosh, if, if we had cameras in every family car, we would probably see that 70% of the time children are getting in the car, they're either going to their phone or they are putting the earbuds in and they're in their own world. And, th and that has become uh, common. It's, it's expected. It's, it's the normal way of things that people have become accustomed to. And you know, if you're a parent with, you're, with kids, that car time, just like you said, is some of the most uh, fruitful potential for, for communication, for sharing and airing of problems and concerns. So I strongly, strongly suggest that families consider having a tech-free zone in their car because they can't escape. They can't run away. You know, there, there are no distractions in there or potentially no distractions. There are if you let people, you know, bury their faces in their phones, but we, we've got to get away from this constant burying our faces 
in the smartphone screen. We just, it's, it's becoming an epidemic and it's screwing up the way our brains are wired. We've got to stop it. Right. I agree. Kevin, all right. Give us the titles of all your books because you've had four books, correct? I have had, I've had four books published and actually co-author of a fifth one. But the, the, first of all, if people want to find out about my books, they can easily go to www.kevinj, don't forget the J, .kevinjroberts.net, not .com, .net. So it's www.kevinjroberts.net. And they can go there. There are links to all my books. You can read about my books. My most recent book, uh, which I'm very excited about, is called Schindler's Gift, How One Man Harnessed ADHD to Change the World. And uh, last year I brought, came out with Get Off That Game Now, The Essential Family Guide to Healthy Screen Behavior, which is a book that's a nuts and bolts kind of book about how to uh, have a healthy family dynamic in the face of technology. So if anybody would like to talk to me further, they can contact me through my website. And, uh, you know, my books are available all on Amazon. I love it. And so thank you. Thank you so very much, Kevin, for being the second guy this month, which is super exciting, and for being on our show. I think the, the tips are amazing. I think it'll help many, many people. And I wish you continued success. Um, your speaking is, I know you speak all over the world. I think that's amazing in itself, but continued success for helping people learn about ADHD and manage it. Well, thank you, Karen. It's been a real pleasure. I'm always uh, happy to be on shows like yours because I know that your listeners are very committed uh, to being the best they can be. And I hope that in some small way, my uh, appearance here on your show today has helped that process. Have a very lovely holiday to you and your family. Thank you, Karen. You too. Take care. And we'll be back. The One Tough Mother Podcast. Real talk with amazing women who have worked their way to the top and want to share their real life lessons with you. And we're back in. Hey, you got some headaches and headlines for us? Uh, Yeah, duh. Duh. All right, let's get into it. Should bosses judge effort alone? Judging employees for the effort they put in rather than the results they generate is a more equitable system of appraisal according to a cluster of behavioral economists. Business Insider reports that organizations should consider evaluating employees' process instead of their outcome. Economist Daniel uh, Kahneman told a conference in New York recently, you know, the argument's gaining traction among economists who say that highlighting results ahead of process can damage the quality of employee output over the long term. I mean, this is great and all, but I think it really depends on the work that's being done. Right. I do too. I absolutely do. You know, some things like you need a specific outcome, like you're hired for a specific outcome. And if, you know, it's great if you try hard, but if, if you don't get that outcome, then they need to find someone who can. Right. Like, like, you know, there's always that office slacker or the company slacker. That's the uh, guy that nobody can find and hide in somewhere. So I think you got to think about that. Yeah, I mean, I understand the point. I like it. It's great in theory, but I don't know if that works in the real world. I agree. Yep. Right. Move on. The dollar stores dominate rural America. And you know rural. what? They never thought they'd last. And look at them now. I, I love the word rural. 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 Yes. Rural. We have these all over by here. It's not even just middle America. It's like it's, you know, it's here too. Um, 
So-called dollar stores are proliferating in rural uh, rural America as middle-class retailers shrink, reports Axios. There are now more than 30,000 of the budget stores in the U.S., up from 18,000 a decade ago, many of which are in poorer or more rural locations. One of them, Dollar General, is the fastest-growing retailer in America, uh, an earlier Guardian report claims, opening stores at a rate of three per day, often in locations underserved by big box retailers and grocery stores. The expansion of these ultra low budget stores is blamed on the widening income inequality gap. I'm seeing these stores around here. So it's not just like in Montana or wherever, or just in poor towns. It's, it's everywhere. Oh yeah. I see. They, I think they have them in New York now, right? They have them in the city. I'm not sure. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised either. I mean, maybe they're not the name brand Dollar General or Family Dollar or whatever the dollar store name is, but I think they have dollar stores. on. The, yeah, I'm positive they have them in the city. And there's so much stuff that you'll never need that you can find in there. I know. <laughs> All right, enough with this dollar business. Bottled water becoming a tougher sell. Hmm, interesting. America's best-selling beverage, bottled water, is confronting a catastrophe, the Wall Street Journal reports. With growing numbers of consumers railing against disposable plastic and many state and local governments implementing bans, the companies behind the world's largest water brands are actively seeking alternatives. Avion is ambitiously aiming for its bottled water to be sold in 100% recycled bottles by 2025, but low recycling rates and a lack of infrastructure are hobbling those plans. Karen, I got an answer. Glass. Glass. Hello. I guess it's too expensive. Yeah. There's there's definitely. How about the old milk carton type thing? The cardboard with the wax? Yeah. I don't like it. You don't like that? No. Well, you glass know. Is, there, are, there are some companies that uh, sell their water in glass. Yeah, there are definitely, but the thing is, who's who's hauling glass bottles around? Oh, wah. Oh, wah to you. Please, just get a filter at home. Call it a day. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we, we're solving problems here. We're fixing the world. <laughs> That's who we store. are, dude. We are here to solve problems. Done. Bam. Get a filter. Next. <laughs> You're going to know who you are. Yeah. Tell me something I don't know. When people search for information like local news or weather on their mobile phones, dozens of companies stand ready to collect their anonymous, anonymized, anonymous, anonymous location data. I can't say that word and sell it. Otherwise, share it with companies interested in consumer behavior. The act of enabling location services and devices supports a $21 billion industry of location targeted advertising, says New York Times in a recent report. But what do phone users who are often unaware of have? of having triggered this process, get out of it. Beyond privacy concerns, the issue raises questions about how secure the data is from hackers. Well, you know, I recently read something about fake. Um, when you're someplace and you get that, you can hook up or you can have access to Wi-Fi. They're talking about fake Wi-Fi now. You know what? They even get your they get your info when you're not even on the freaking phone. When they when you have your location turned off, they're finding you. So I don't know. I it's become such a connected world. I don't think you have any privacy anymore. Stay off of Wi-Fi, people, unless it's your own home. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, I was told that by the professionals. 
So I'm not, I'm, you know. Well, yeah. How about, how about, yeah, your Paul. Would Paul have said that? Security Paul? Yep. Yep. He's the guy. We're just, we're just knocking him out of the park. People should be like calling us for, you know, like all the time to come in and advise their companies. I think so. Yes. At a very, uh, very um, minimal fee. Yes. Minimal, not really minimal. Well, minimal to them, yes. not to us. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, so we'll have to talk about this offline. Okay. Apple goes on a national hiring spree. Yay. Yeah, I can't not even get a job, and Apple's hiring billions of people. Right. At least it's not in China. Yeah. Okay. Apple is doubling its 6,000 employee workforce in Austin, Texas, with a new $1 billion campus, as well as opening operations in San Diego, Seattle, and Culver City, California, with 1,000 workers each. The iPhone maker will also hire hundreds more workers for offices in New York, Pittsburgh, and Boulder, Colorado. Okay. Talent, creativity, tomorrow's breakthrough ideas aren't limited by region or zip code, CEO Tim Cook said in a statement, adding the company wishes to cultivate the high-tech sector nationwide. Well, first of all, I love Boulder, Colorado. I like Culver City, California. So those are two places that I have interest in, and I live close to New York. All right, I'll see what I can do. I'll talk. I'll call yeah, my Uncle Tim. Just call somebody okay. up for me, would you? Darn it! Damn it! Get it going. Actually, this is this is even better for you, Karen. We'll send you into space. I'd love. You know what? I'd love it as long as I didn't have to be stuck in a capsule. Um, that's kind of the only way. Yeah, I know. That's why. Virgin Galactic is rocking, rocketing into space. Virgin Galactic's Taurus rocket has successfully reached the edge of space with two pilots on board who will now receive commercial astronaut wings. Spaceship 2 hit an altitude of 51 miles before beginning its descent back to California's Mojave Desert. The event, which comes after years of delays and a fatal crash in 2014, brings British billionaire Richard Branson's company one step closer to making space tourism a reality. And who cares if people died while they tried it, as long as they get there? Yeah, you know what? Come on. Seriously, Seth, if you had the opportunity... To get in a spaceship and to be shot up into the sky, would you do it? No, I got kids. Well, okay, let's take the kids out of the equation. Before you had the kids, if you had the opportunity to do that, would you do it? Oh, I had nothing else going on. Yeah, who cares? I do. I wouldn't do it. All right, well, you, well, you have kids there. You see, I'm telling you, you have nobody. You're just like you. You're like, oh, I'm working. I'm still, and I I'm eat. claustrophobic. I'd be terrified of being in a spaceship. Oh. Take a pill. Oh, stop. I'm not taking a chill pill to go up in space. <laughs> but you know what it reminds me of? Remember when Dr. Anna Fisher was on and she was like the first mom astronaut ever? I think yeah. about that all the time. Like she shot up in the sky and she doesn't know if she's going to see her family again. That's crazy, right? Yes. Well, I, I'm not doing it. But I do want to mention this. So as you know, they they did a little bit of a, a very nice, a kind, like, blurb about us in, in Good Housekeeping magazine. Very, very kind. Very kind. I mean, um, they, they tagged us on the end of a story that, that we brought to them, and they loved it. So they're, they mentioned in, in this little piece, it says, you know, if you have any uh, stories that you'd like to share with One Tough Mother, please, we have been getting incredible stories from people. Sweet. I know. I mean, I'm like, thank you, everyone, for writing. And, of course, you know, like, every story is not going to make the air. But I, I did reach out to two people that I want to use um, parts of their story because they were just so inspirational. 
as to what they were doing. But I mean, thank you. Please continue to email and, and you know, we're going to, I love hearing everything everybody's doing. You never know where it's going to fit into the show, right? Right. So please, yeah, send us your stories. I, the emails, every time I get one, I get excited about reading it. And I'm super, super proud of the stuff that people are willing to share and want to share with other people to help them through tough times. Agree. So today's mother says is, and I love this one. This one's from Harry Potter, just so you know. It is our choices that show what we really are far more than our abilities. Is that crazy or what? That's from Harry Potter. It is our choices that show what we really are far more than our abilities. Make good choices, people. Be kind to people. Be be human, for gosh sakes, to other people. Treat people the way you'd like to be treated. What do you say, Seth, right? That's cool. You also, you reminded me of something. I, I just finished watching um, Kidding, starring John uh, Jim Carrey on Showtime. What is it called? Kidding is the name of the show. Okay. He plays a Mr. Rogers type character. Okay. And he had a good line. He said, um, hate doesn't punish who you think it does. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was a real deep line. Wow. You know, there's so many people just really got to come to terms with certain things and just, I don't know, be kind to each other, right? Yeah, don't live your life on social media. Don't live your life on social media. Oh, please don't. Don't compare yourself to others. Well, have a great week. You know what? Everybody, finish your shopping. Just be happy to be where you are. Enjoy, like have food with family or or drink or coffee. Just talk and enjoy each other. And don't worry about handing any for everybody a gift. That's not what it's about. Right. Right. Have a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. We got a crazy show next week. You're going to love it. And then we have one week off for our break. But in the meantime, listen to us next week. Have a great week, everybody. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.